0: You are listening to Devil's Advocate by Mike Altman. And uh, so today I'm going to give a little introduction about why I decided to start this podcast. And, you know, going by the name of it, Devil's Advocate, my general intention is to take uh, media narratives and, you know, popular notions and sort of either debunk them or add my take on them because, honestly, I think in this era of um, media propagation that the mind can easily be susceptible to groupthink. And I, I'd really like to emphasize that this show is not for those that who are sensitive, uh, because, again, I have very controversial opinions, and I can be quite contrarian at times. And, you know, if that hurts your feelings, then, you know, don't listen, please. Uh, I'm going to spare you time. I'm not here to coddle your feelings. I'm here to objectively portray what I believe to be the facts, and you can challenge those. You know, I'm I'm open to any sort of discussion or uh, debate on what I post about. You know, I'm very open. I'm always open to debating other people. Um, so you know, if you find an issue with these episodes, please let me know. Tell me what you think I'm wrong about, and please, please, engage in discussion with me about it. Thank you again, and this is Devil's Advocate by Mike Altman. Alrighty, so for our first episode of the series on Devil's Advocate, we will be talking about Black Lives Matter. Now, unless you live under a rock, I I mean, I think virtually everyone knows what Black Lives Matter is. And here on this episode, I'm going to tell you why I don't believe that the organization Black Lives Matter actually cares about black lives. All right, so let, let's break it down. The the words black lives matter. Now, I think every rational, non-racist person in the world can agree that, yes, black lives do matter. I mean, you know, why why wouldn't they matter? Like, who who other than white supremacists actually oppose the true meaning of those words? I mean, I don't know anyone that... opposes the meaning of Black Lives Matter, but are against the organization like myself. And I think that uh, the media has really weaponized this movement of Black Lives Matter into uh, binary terms. Meaning, if you're not with this movement wholeheartedly, and if you don't agree with everything that the movement is propagating, then you are a racist. And I, I personally don't believe in this kind of thinking, because... I think there are many great things that the BLM movement does. You know, I mean, they they are fighting against police brutality, which, I mean, is a very relevant issue in the U.S. and um, obviously has to be stopped because it's just not right. I mean, what happened to George Floyd should never happen to any American citizen. And that was absolutely disgusting in every way. So while we're on the topic of semantically over, overloaded words such as Black Lives Matter, I just like to add in: um, I don't believe in the statement All Lives Matter either. I mean, I don't believe the lives of rapists, murderers, and pedophiles matter. I mean, and frankly, nor should anyone. I mean, they're they're the scum of the earth, and you know, frankly, have almost forfeited their life to their rights to like life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. In my opinion, again. Uh, that's a that's a moral discussion that could be had for another day but anyways I just like it I like to add that the the words all lives matter like I I don't go around saying ooh all lives matter when someone tells me black lives matter cuz that it's just not construct constructive in any way and it's not even a true statement like all lives don't matter I would say that most lives matter so let's delve into the origins of uh, Black Lives Matter, the organization. So, it really came about in 2016 after the uh, incident of uh, Michael Brown being fatally shot by police. Which, by the way, um, I mean Michael Brown was reaching for the policeman's gun and assaulted him and effectively tried to take his life. So, if you look at this a pragmatic way, which I mean I do, I, I look at I look at things very objectively. Michael Brown didn't really care about his own life. I mean, so why are people perusing around and and heralding him as as some sort of victim when he uh, tried to attack a cop, like literally like a criminal thug that he is? He tried to attack a cop and take away his gun. I mean, there's no room for defense for that at all whatsoever. And as I was furthermore researching Black Lives Matter, I found that the Google search statistics for the term Black Lives Matter skyrocketed in the years 2012, 2016, and 2020. Now, what are those three years? Ding ding, election years. I can't be the only one who finds it odd that Black Lives Matter doesn't even produce a single peep in non-election years. I mean, they're virtually silent. I mean, they're they're demobilized in those years. You don't see any sort of protesting. You don't see any sort of, uh, you know, big corporations giving their affinity for Black Lives Matter. You know, there it's just dead silence. And I don't think that an organization can call themselves Black Lives Matter if they're only relevant during election years. I mean, the plight of African Americans and the economic plight of African Americans, you know, as the— as a race with the uh, lowest average income um, per capita, um, I I don't think the plight of African Americans just ends at the electoral years, you know, but uh, apparently Black Lives Matter, the organization, does believe that. And here's why they believe that. So the Black Lives Matter leaders proclaim themselves as trained Marxists, and they're, they even said that their main goal is to get Trump out of office, which... I mean, frankly, it doesn't make a lot of sense because he's done more for black Americans than, you know, Abe Lincoln. Delving further into the whole notion that Black Lives Matter, the organization, is opposed to Donald Trump and that their leaders said their main goal is to get rid of Donald Trump. Now, here's why I think that's stupid. I mean, let's take a look at the policies that Trump has helped to pass that have uh, helped out african americans i mean let's talk about the passage of the first step act you know the first major crime reform bill you know something that joe biden and barack obama you know who are supposed to be the nation's unifiers you know being that obama's the first black president you know they were not able to accomplish you know something of such a great measure that trump was able to accomplish i mean you got trump With uh, record HBCU funding and, you know, development of opportunity zones in African-American communities, which has led to money being poured back into these communities. I mean, you have the record low unemployment rate amongst African-Americans that occurred under the Trump administration of all time. Lowest black unemployment rate. And, I mean, honestly, I don't see why Trump is so vilified. But anyways, so let's talk about more of the foundational ethics of BLM. So they say that their main goal is to get Trump out of office. we went over that. And secondary, I found on their website that they want to tear apart the nuclear family. Now, according to the Pew Research Center, the poverty line for single-parent African-American households is 22%. 22 for single-parent African-American households. Now, when I tell you that the the economic plight is based in a vicious cycle of poverty, uh, single mother parenthood in the black community. I mean, I mean it because you take a look at the stats uh, when it comes to two-parent African American households and that number of the of being uh under the poverty line or at the poverty line drops to 7%, 7. I mean, three times less if, you know, if you are in a two-parent household. Now, why would BLM not want African-Americans to, you know, be in good economic status because they're mobilizing black lives into passing their communist agenda. Going into the motives of Black Lives Matter. So let's talk about how they're also a blanket movement. Like again, they've adopted Marxism through the usage of Antifa riders to burn down cities and cause havoc. I mean, even their, their leaders say that they're trained Marxists who want to overthrow the status quo and get rid of Trump. And also, I noticed that there is the Free Palestine movement. Now, what does Palestine have to do with black lives? Literally nothing. The only thing that they have in common is that both of these are divisive narratives that are propagated by the media. Now, with the, with Free Palestine, what effect that, that has had on the Black Lives Matter movement? I mean, you're seeing Free Palestine being spray-painted on synagogues. You're seeing... An uptick of anti-Semitic crimes in places such as New York City. You know, there's video evidence of just Jews being constantly uh, discriminated against and being victim of hate crimes. I mean, look at look at what Black Lives Matter has done in, to like resu- resurrect anti-Semitic undertones in American society. I mean, take a look at the BLM fist. Um, you know, which is. Uh, you know, when people like raise a fist, it's sort of like a communal, like an "I'm with you" sort of thing. And actually, you know, the fist originates from you know Marxism. You know, the communist fist, and you know, it was used by the black supremacy group Black Panthers, who were openly anti-Semitic. You know, you know, with their leader Malcolm X being a part of the Muslim Brotherhood. You know, he talks about how Jews are you know one of the greatest downfalls to society. And how you know they deserve to be vilified in every way and how they just control the world and spreading all this hateful crap. And the Black Lives Matter uh funding techniques. Let, let's talk about that. So where so when you go to the Black Lives Matter website and you donate, where the hell is that money going to? Let me tell you, it is going to act blue. A democratic super PAC, um, you know, who who uses those funds to give to campaigns, and you know who is receiving 98% of those Act Blue funds right now? Joe Biden. And let me tell you the issue with that, because Joe Biden is is someone that Black Lives Matter should be, theoretically, should be fighting against. I mean, take a look at his his political career. I mean, his, you know, the only thing he can attribute to his name is literally throwing, you know, black people in jail, you know, via the 94 crime bill, which led to the mass incarceration of black people. I mean, he's been quoted on air saying the N word multiple times. You know, he said he doesn't want to send his kids into a segregated racial jungle. And he's been pro segregation up until the 80s. Um, You know, he's said things on camera saying that if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And I think that's that's one of the biggest concerns, identity politics, which has corrupted the minds of Americans. In the in the sense that if you are a certain ethnicity, race, gender, etc., that you are sort of bound to voting a certain way. And I, I just I hate that idea. I think that everyone should think critically for themselves and shouldn't, you know, be bought into this narrative that the that the other side is, you know, inherently evil and wrong and everyone should do their own independent research and see actually which candidate would help improve their own lives instead of just, you know, being forced into voting Democrat, you know, year after year after year. So let's talk about Black Lives Matter goal to end systemic racism. And honestly, I find it ironic that, you know, they want to go after systemic racism, but one of the greatest systems of killing black people in this country is planned parenthood. Now, let's let's take a look at the origin of planned parenthood. It started by Margaret Sanger in the early 1900s with the purpose of exterminating inferior races. I mean, Margaret Sanger was a known racist. She spoke at KKK meetings, you know, she talked about how black people were basically filth and, you know, this is planned parenthood is a staple of you know, left-wing politics. You know, abortion rights and whatnot. Ironically, at the same time, you know, you have these rioters that are tearing down statues of, oh, George Washington. He owned slaves. Like, dude. Like, what white person in the 1700s, like, didn't own slaves? Like, these were like the political elite. And obviously, these statues, you know, especially the Confederate statues, don't say, don't serve the same purpose that. They had their intentions for you know they don't have the same resemblance as what they used to, however, i'd argue that Planned Parenthood still carries out the same goals that they had when Margaret Sanger found the organization, you know, and how Planned Parenthood is killing two hundred fifty thousand black babies every year every year. I mean it is literal genocide that is going on, and not a single peak from black lives matter so That just begs a question. Does Black Lives Matter actually care about black lives? No. I mean, they're virtually silent on -on black-on-black crime and, you know, black poverty rates, the black single motherhood rate. They just care about, you know, passing a narrative that appeases to what they're trying to do, which is to to defenestrate this, you know, the status quo and, you know, get rid of Trump because, oh, blame everything on Trump. Um, and to delve into Black Lives Matter's uh, legitimacy as a organization that combats police brutality, I mean, you know, I I guarantee you, if you went up to the average Black Lives Matter supporter and you mentioned the names of Tony Timpa and Daniel Shaver, they would not know who the hell those people are. You know why? Because they were white people that were victims of police brutality. I mean, Daniel Shaver is arguably one of the worst cases of police brutality in America. I mean, the man was shot execution style, on his hands and knees, begging for his life, while the cops laughed maniacally and shot him, just as some sort of sick joke. I mean, the fact that the media just completely just, you know, grazed over it and it's not a national headline like George Floyd. It just goes to show that the, that the media is trying to propagate a racially divisive narrative, making it, you know, a black versus white issue when it should be a humanity issue. You know, police brutality affects everyone. And, you know, your average Joe Biden bootlicker is going to say, oh, he can't be racist. He was vice president Barack Obama and his current vice president nominee is Kamala Harris. And you know how Kamala Harris's career was built on? She went after low level drug users, you know predominantly african American kids and would would prosecute them and literally throw them in jail i mean she'd laugh about it. she's she's psychotic i mean she just lacks empathy in every sort of way you know i she would she's she was a corrupt one of the worst district attorneys in california history i mean she wouldn't even go after the big drug guys she would let people get off the hook easily if they were elite and they had money. I mean, for the love of God, she literally hid evidence that would exonerate, you know, people that she was prosecuting. I mean, she is the epitome of evil. And the the fact that she is a heartbeat away from, you know, becoming president, you know, assuming Joe Biden wins, you know, has a catastrophic stroke or something because dear God, he's 90,000 years old. Like, you know, I... It just doesn't make any sense. First of all, she's she's being appointed only on the basis of her identity, the fact that she is a black woman. And let's talk about that. First of all, she's Jamaican Indian. She's not African American. And you know her ancestors were very high up in the social caste of India and they were slave owners. So what does that tell you about Kamala Harris's past? Is that she's a fraud. So sort of a closing statement here. Again, I do I genuinely don't believe that the organization Black Lives Matter actually cares about police brutality, which is with the common notion is that they're fighting against police brutality. But, you know, I think that their their mission-oriented goal is so much deeper than that. And I don't think it's very helpful to African-Americans in this country. And personally, what I would do for police brutality, number one, I would implement uh, universal body cameras, I mean the idea of every cop having an ongoing body camera i mean it just provides accountability, and you know people in authoritative figures uh, you know people in authoritative positions should be held accountable I mean we have checks and balances on the legislative executive, and judicial branch you know there's there 's these rules that should be set up so that people don 't abuse their power and secondly. I think that uh, we should get rid of qualified immunity, and if you don't know what qualified immunity is, it basically allows uh, cops the the ability to like not be sued on civil rights, um, on civil rights lawsuits, and allows them to defer that. And basically, again, that just takes away the whole accountability process of what policing should be about, and it it manifests manifests itself in corruption and you know you have dirty cops and there are dirty cops that's just a reality I mean there aren't many of them but they are there and honestly it is up to our it is up to our legislators to try and pass some sort of police reform you know and try to you know amend the situation but oh wait you know the GOP Senate introduced the police reform bill and the House Democrats turn it down so if that just tells you about anything about our political culture in America. You know, we, we bitch, 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 and then just don't get shit done. Well, this is the end of episode one. Thank you for listening to my podcast.